Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano. This episode of the Sports Spectrum podcast with former NFL kicker John Carney is brought to you in part by Compassion International. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum, $38 a month, and you can make a difference in a child's life by sponsoring them and making them a part of your family. It's $38. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum, and you'll see all of the children listed on the website. You pick your child, whichever child you feel led to. Maybe you want to line them up with the age and gender of your child, and that's perfectly fine. But you pick the child, and you sponsor them, and you make a difference. You make a connection. You release a child from poverty, and you provide a child with the most important gift maybe that they need to have, which is simply hope. $38 a month. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. Sponsor a child today. Today's guest on the podcast, John Carney, former NFL kicker, two-time Pro Bowler here on the podcast. And he's the first kicker, NFL kicker, we've ever had uh, on the podcast. And I'm excited to talk to him on the show. He kicked in four different decades in the NFL, in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and of course, in the decade of 2010, this decade. He played his college football at Notre Dame, Fighting Irish, of course, and played in the NFL for 23 years with a bunch of teams, but probably most notably was with the New Orleans Saints and the San Diego Chargers, with the Chargers from 1990 to 2000, and then the Saints from 2001 to 2006. He got an NFL Super Bowl ring as a kicking consultant with the Saints back in 2009, and then called it a career in 2010 during his time with the New Orleans Saints at the age of 46. And this podcast was a lot of fun, like I said, because we talked to John about his faith. We talked to John about his NFL career. Listen, the guy is 54 years old. And I asked him right in the beginning here if he thinks he could still make an NFL kick or be a guy who could help a team in the NFL right now. And his answer may surprise you. Uh, but we also talk about John's faith journey, uh, mentorship. He's, he's coaching now and, and working with young kickers and young players and mentoring them and teaching them and coaching them. So lots of good stuff here. So let's get right to it. Our conversation with two-time Pro Bowl kicker from the NFL, 23 years as a kicker, John Carney. Take a listen. John, welcome to the show. Jason, thank you very much for having me on. It's great to talk to you, John. I think you're our first kicker on the podcast. We've been doing this for about a year and a half. So welcome and, and, and congratulations on being, on being the first kicker to be on the show. We're, we're looking forward to talking to you, and, and thanks for joining us. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, first of many, I hope uh, I have a lot of great friends who kick in the NFL and uh, have great faith as well, uh, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. So, um, yeah, I think you're going to have a whole bunch of kickers on your podcast. I look forward to that, and we can talk about that off the air after we're done. But that's great. Well, let's start with your career. I think you played in four different decades in the NFL, from the 80s all the way to 2010. You just turned 54. Do you think you could still, if I was to say, okay, John, an NFL team has nobody left, and you're the last person who's ever even kicked a football on earth, and you're 54, if I brought you to a team and said, you got to kick one today, do you think you could do it? Uh, well, uh, I, I train guys now, high school, college, and pro. Sure. And so I do kick with them. I still train with them. I probably train more now than 
I did when I was playing just because half of it is for um, explanation and demonstration. So, uh, yeah, I think I could get the job done. I would have to really communicate to the coaching staff what my range is. <laughs> but uh, I would love that opportunity. It would be a lot of fun, a uh, great challenge. But, yeah, I think I could uh, fake it for a game. There you go. I was going to say for a game, maybe not an entire season, right? <laughs> nah. It would be asking a lot, yeah. What's your range now? What can you get? Maybe 45, 50? What's your range? Uh, on a good day, 50. Um, and we have a lot of good days out here in California. Sunny, not a lot of wind. Um, I'm not using brand new footballs out of the box either. That's a whole other story. But uh, I would probably tell the coaching staff 48 and in. Okay. That's still pretty good for for your, that's pretty good for thirty five, much less fifty four years old. Now, John kickers always seem to draw the short end of the stick sometimes, especially when it comes to criticism. And you often hear from the media. I worked at ESPN for many years and heard it from them as well. You had one job, just do your job. Is the criticism fair for a kicker? And how do you go about now that you're coaching them too? How do you go about kind of instilling that and telling telling them to not worry about that? Well, it's not fair, but I mean, that's the world we live in. Um, yep. And, you know, the media likes to, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. If, if something catastrophic happens on the field, that's what they want to talk about for uh, a week until the next round of games. Right. Uh, it's a very exposed position. Uh, you go out there in the middle of a team game and it's a very individual skill and all eyes are on you. And there's only two outcomes. Uh, it goes through the uprights or it doesn't. And uh, there are a lot of factors to why it goes through or why it doesn't. Um, most of them uh, are on the kicker, but not all of them are on the kicker. But uh, it's just the position we've chosen, and we have to understand that. And as a kicker, uh, the, the great ones that I have known, um, they all have a lot of confidence in themselves, confidence in their preparation, and a great faith, the confidence that God has a plan for their life. Um, they may or may not have a reason or find out why um, certain games had certain outcomes, but they have faith and they move forward and they keep their blinders on and they don't listen to the critics. They don't read the papers. Uh, they don't watch the local news because a lot of that um, feedback or criticism or uh, just uh, – Sports chatter uh, is not going to help them and their profession, not going to help them in their preparation for the next game. So it's best to have your blinders on and have focus on your job and the next game. The Bible talks about forgetting what's behind and moving forward to what's ahead quite a bit, especially when we come to faith in Christ. That has to kind of carry over and be such an important lesson, I would imagine, for kickers because you literally can't think about the last kick you have to move on and worry about and and concentrate on the next one right uh absolutely and uh, it was a learned process for me you know when i was young and and things didn't go well in a football game it really ate at me for a long time and, and i was naive to to listen to the critics um we had a great pastor out here pastor sean mitchell who was our uh, team pastor at the chargers for many many years uh and he used to always say they don't build statues for critics <laughs> and um I, I repeat that a lot because it's true. And and the people that really accomplish things in this world, uh, male and female, uh, you know, they have their their road bumps. They have their 
hurdles that they have to climb and it's not always pretty and uh but they move forward with it and and they don't pay attention to the critics they don't pay attention to the chatter uh they have faith and they move forward and they accomplish great things and uh kickers uh, were no different um uh towards uh i guess in in the NFL you know I learned you know, when things don't go well on the field, I certainly am going to be upset, frustrated. Uh, but my first task is to identify what went wrong, what was the problem, uh, correct it immediately, and start preparing for the next kick. We're talking to John Carney here, former NFL kicker on the Sports Spectrum podcast. When did kicking start for you? Where did that journey begin just when you realized, oh, I might be pretty good at this thing? <laughs> well... Uh, it began in high school, but uh, it really began just because all my friends were doing it. Um, I was a soccer player. I loved soccer. I was a trumpet player. I loved playing the trumpet. Went to a great high school, Cardinal Newman High School in West Palm Beach, uh, Florida. Uh, we had a great football program run by Coach Sam Budnick, who holds all kinds of records for the state of, of Florida. He's in the Hall of the Florida Hall of Fame. And... Uh, just a, an amazing football program. So if you went to our school, it was pretty expected that you were going to go out to the football team. It was a, really a rite of passage for the males in our school to go through the football program. So I, I went out to the football program because uh, that's what my buddies were doing. That what, That's what was expected. And uh, I thought I was a receiver, <laughs> uh, and uh, I wasn't. <laughs> but... Um, the guys that were kicking the football, punting the football, they were football guys. They didn't have soccer backgrounds. They were football guys. And so I went home that summer between my freshman and sophomore year and decided to learn how to kick a football because I could kick a soccer ball. Went to a Garrow E-Premium soccer and kicking camp. Oh, yeah. Garrow, of course, uh, famous for the or infamous for the Miami Dolphins uh, bad pass in the Super Bowl. But Garrow was a great, talented kicker and soccer player, yeah. uh, fantastic guy. And uh, first got my, my first instruction of how to kick a football from Gary Premium. And uh, just started learning how to kick and punt. And uh, that's what I did my JV year. And enjoyed it, loved it. I actually was the first soccer-style kicker for our high school, Cardinal Newman High School. Uh, but I never thought I would go past high school. I My goal was play soccer in college that was my true passion and so football was just something fun and a kicking and punting was just a way to get on the football field and get off the bench and hopefully help some help the team and do some positive well during the time when you're coming up i know in the nfl there was quite a few barefoot kickers they're not around anymore at all but i wonder if you ever tried that you know did you ever even contemplate going that route or maybe just for fun because you saw you know, a kicker like Rich Carlos on TV, and you're like, let me try to kick barefoot and see what these guys are doing. Did that ever cross your mind, or did you ever go that route? Yeah, I think those guys are crazy. <laughs> uh, I've kicked soccer balls barefoot, and I've punted a few footballs barefoot, and uh, it's not really comfortable, to be honest with you, Jason. Uh, but the, the advantage, the reason they went barefoot, is because you have no shoe, so your your foot is as sleek and small as possible, and it slides underneath the ball through the grass or through the turf, and so you get a very clean strike at the ball, and you're not dragging through the ground a lot, and that's the benefit. 
the the downside, of course, is if you're playing in cold weather, you're going to freeze your toes off. And if the holder doesn't give you a good hold and the ball comes off a different part of your foot, like your toe or your ankle, uh, not the proper part of your foot, which is the middle, um, that's going to hurt. And you don't have any traction on that right foot because you have no shoe on that right foot. So if the ground is wet or moist or muddy, uh, it's going to be hard to drive into the ball because that kicking foot is your drive foot and you have no traction on that foot when you're kicking barefoot. So there's challenges to it. But Tony Franklin, Mike Lansford at the Rams, uh, Rich Carlos, you mentioned, very, very great kickers, very accomplished kickers, and they pulled it off. Uh, but I can see why nobody's doing it anymore. <laughs> the way you just described, there's just a lot more. It just sounds painful to kick a football barefoot like when you can put on a shoe. It just sounds painful. I agree. <laughs> John, let's talk about your faith. And this is obviously a faith in sports podcast. Church, God, Jesus. What was that picture like? Was it even a picture in the Carney family growing up? Well, I was very fortunate and blessed to have a church going family. I was raised Roman Catholic. I love my Catholic faith and foundation. Uh, my parents were churchgoers. My mom actually was a convert to Catholicism. Um, and I have two older sisters, and going to church on Sunday was just expected, whether we're on vacation or traveling or at home. Uh, there was no missing Mass on Sunday. Um, I went to public schools. We went to a Catholic high school, uh, Cardinal Newman High School, which was uh, I really enjoyed having faith interwoven into academics and athletics. And uh, I was fortunate to go to Notre Dame and have the same, where we have a pregame mass. Um, we have a priest uh, that offers a blessing um, before the game. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, we have touchdown Jesus, right? Notre Dame's got touchdown Jesus. How can you go wrong? Exactly. Jesus on your library. Uh, when I got to the NFL, um, I, I was fortunate uh, to San Diego Chargers to meet uh, some very faithful men, uh, I mentioned Pastor Sean Mitchell earlier, who ran our Bible studies in our chapels. We also had a priest, uh, Monsignor Dan Villabo and Monsignor Egan, who offered Mass every uh, every weekend before the games. Uh, but uh, Gil Bird, who was a great defensive back in the NFL, and John Kidd, who was a great punter in the NFL, were both uh, veteran players at the time at the San Diego Chargers. And I um, needed some more faith in my life at that time and started attending Bible studies and chapel services with those two guys. And they really helped me get into the Bible along with Pastor Sean Mitchell and increased my faith and uh, knowledge of the, uh, the good word. And um, so that was a, a blessing. Uh, part of being a San Diego charger at that time, uh, it was uh, just a huge gift uh, that that team provided uh, Bible studies, family Bible studies, chapel services, and uh, and those two guys um, helped mentor me into a, a stronger faith life. How do we, how was you were able to carry that through? You played for so many years, you know, twenty plus years in the NFL. How were you able to carry that through? And how did that kind of um, I don't know. How did your faith deepen me? Because playing in the NFL is so hard anyways. You play on Sundays for the most part, so you can't really attend a church service for four months or five months. So tell me about your faith and how it deepened throughout, because you did play with the Chargers for a good 
chunk, you're at one, a decade there from 1990 to 2000, but then you still had another 10 years with a few other teams. So tell me about that, that part of your career and where faith kind of grew with that. Well, interesting enough, uh, my faith was probably the strongest during the season. Uh, hmm. Every NFL team offers a chapel service and a mass on a, on the weekend, either Saturday evening or Sunday morning prior to the game. So it's available. There's really no good reason to miss chapel or mass because it's available. It's right there in the hotel prior to the game. So you really don't have a good reason to miss. And I, I mean, the public doesn't probably realize that that's offered to us, but it is. And it's, you know, just a, uh, a, a great blessing to have that available, uh, because we are working on the weekends. Um, and then many teams have a, a Bible study sometime during the week. Uh, it, it may be at the facility in a team meeting after one of your work days, like on a Monday or Tuesday, or or, or in the evening at someone's house. Uh, Keith Evans, who was a fullback for us at the Saints, uh, and he, he came prior to that from the Nor- uh, New England Patriots. Uh, he hosted a Bible study at his house when we were with the Saints in 2009, the Super Bowl year. Um, when I was with the Chargers, uh, there was a group of us that hosted Bible studies uh, at our house. A junior Seau was one of them. Uh, my wife and I hosted here at our house. So, um, so I, I really enjoyed the amount and the availability um, of worship and faith growth during our football seasons. And uh, as a kicker, I mentioned earlier, um, the good ones, the guys who last a long time, the mm-hmm. ones that I have met, all have a strong faith because it's a crazy career, and the, the you know the world or the sports world. Your community, um, your fans, they either love you or they hate you. And if you live your life by what the fans are thinking about you from week to week, that's going to be a really rocky road. And so these guys, myself included, have faith. God's got a plan. Uh, move forward. Have faith in the skills he's given you. Maximize those skills. Pre- prepare well. And go out there and do your best. Uh, and move forward. You mentioned Notre Dame earlier. I want to talk about that for a minute because your football journey wasn't a typical one in the way that you ended up on Notre Dame. Uh, you were a walk-on. Tell us about that journey, how you came about being a part of Notre Dame, why you went there, and becoming a walk-on, which is not easy, obviously, because you have to prove yourself even more without a scholarship. Take us through that journey and your time at Notre Dame. Uh, very fortunate. Uh, we had an All-American running back at my high school, uh, Alonzo Jefferson, who attracted all the big schools and all the big coaches. And, uh, he ended up choosing Notre Dame. Uh, Jerry Faust was the head coach at Notre Dame at the time. Uh, my head coach, who I mentioned earlier, Sam Budnick, uh, former, Mar- well, not a former Marine, a Marine, uh, once a Marine, always Marine, uh, but also a Notre Dame grad. He was suggesting to the coaches that were recruiting our running back, Alonzo, that, hey, you know, we got this kicker is pretty good. You should take a look at him, so on and so forth. And so uh, when Alonzo uh, agreed to go to Notre Dame, uh, they took me as a, they call it a preferred walk-on um, back then. Um, they called it another term, um, uh, an invite-on. They called it an invite-on. But 
so I, I got to go to Notre Dame. They, they opened the door for me as a student athlete and a preferred walk-on, and I thought it was a wonderful opportunity. My father had always been a huge Notre Dame fan, and so uh, that was my road to Notre Dame. So uh, preferred walk-on, you're um, invited on the team, opportunity to earn a scholarship, um, not necessarily the, the walk-on that just knocks on the door of the football office and says, can I have a tryout? So they bring in about, uh, well, at the time, they brought in about 10 to 12 preferred walk-ons in my day. Um, My son, who is going into his sophomore year at Notre Dame, uh, is a preferred walk-on quarterback. And um, they only have six preferred walk-ons per season now at Notre Dame. So a little, little tighter group than when I was there. What does Notre Dame mean to you now? And I was going to ask you about that with your son now playing for them and kind of carrying on the tradition and the family and just what Notre Dame has meant to you through the years. Because once you're a Notre Dame guy, I worked with Mike Golick for many years at ESPN and worked on Mike and Mike, and you just know what Notre Dame means to him. He went, him and his wife or, you know, go back there all the time. Tell me about Notre Dame and just what that means, the aura and the mystique of the Fighting Irish. Well, it's a very, very special time, those four years. Uh, it's a very special place um, because faith is interwoven into your academics, into your uh, your daily life, um, into your athletics there. Um, everywhere you turn at Notre Dame, there's a reminder uh, that faith is and should be a big part of your life, mm. and that's and that's wonderful. I, I really, you don't, you just never get too far away from your faith or reminders that, um, that that's where it all starts and that's your foundation. Um, so I, I really enjoy my time there. Every dorm on campus has a chapel and every Sunday there'll be a mass in every dorm at some time during the course of the day. So again, at Notre Dame, there's no reason to miss a service or a mass because there's one in your dorm room or dorm dormitory. Uh, there's also the Sacred Heart Basilica, a beautiful, beautiful church on campus. Uh, there's the grotto, uh, which is a, a replica of a, the grotto at uh, Lourdes, France, a hmm. uh, beautiful place for people to come and pray and meditate and um, very popular location on campus. Um, and just a, just a great experience in, in uh, Notre Dame, the alumni association, uh, when you graduate, uh, there's a there's alums, you know, across not only our nation but the world, and we stick close together, and uh, they do. Uh, the alums go back to school, whether it's for a football game or some type of uh, visit, uh, or um, but uh, just a just a great great place to to go to school and to to come from and to go back to visit. Reunions, yeah. A lot of people go back for reunions, and uh, sure. they have quite quite the attendance at the reunions. What is your favorite Notre Dame story? Is there a story that you can share that's just, whether it's faith-based or even just fun or sports or something that happened when you were a student? What's your favorite Notre Dame story? Wow, well, that's a tough one, Jason. <laughs> uh, you know, game day Saturdays are wonderful, um, especially in the fall. Uh, especially against the team like USC, uh, you know, one of our arch rivals, but a great rivalry. Uh, both schools, both teams, both programs have great respect for each other. 
Uh, there's been some great uh, games uh, that some, some were national championship implications. Uh, but a Saturday morning on a uh, on a game day weekend with the, the autumn leaves changing and uh, the Notre Dame band marching through campus uh, and then playing a, a, just a great opponent like USC, uh, those are real special times, real special times. And um, not to bring it to sports, but uh, our last game uh, as seniors was against USC out here in California at USC. Um, our class of athletes and our class of students had, had beat SD three years in a row. And our senior year, we had an amazing comeback. Lou Holtz, it was Lou Holtz's first year as our head coach, and he really turned the program around. And we were down 17 points in the fourth quarter, and Steve Berline led some amazing drives. Tim Brown had some amazing catches and a great punt return, and we capped it off with a short field goal to come back and beat SC and go 4-0 against SC during our time at at school. And uh, that was a great memory. That was a lot of fun, and SC wasn't too happy about it. But um, it was a, a great comeback. And for guys like Steve Berline, our seniors, it was a great way to go out. We'll have more of our conversation with two-time Pro Bowl kicker John Carney in just a moment. But want to tell you how you can partner with us at Sports Spectrum. Go to sportspectrum.com and click on the subscribe button. And you can actually become a partner and subscribe to Sports Spectrum. It's $36 for an entire year, basically $3 a month. And you become a member and partner with us here at Sports Spectrum. It helps fund our podcast, all of the great video content and articles that we write over at Sports Spectrum, including a daily devotional every single day. But you also get our magazine, the Sports Spectrum magazine that's been around for 30 plus years is still around. And you may remember that as a child. It's a great gift to give a young kid in faith. It's also wonderful for a church or for a ministry to have to hand out to a young male or female athlete or somebody that likes sports, a youth group setting, men's ministry. The magazine's really, really good. It's a quarterly magazine. It comes out four times a year. And our latest issue is our action sports article, an action sports issue. And it's our first time we've ever done an action sports issue before. But also in August and September, our next issue that's going to be coming out is our football preview issue, which will feature some great stories on the men of faith that are quarterbacks in the NFL. And so now it's a great time to subscribe and become a partner with Sports Spectrum. Again, $36. It covers the entire year, and you become a member of the Sports Spectrum family. Go to SportsSpectrum.com, sign up now, subscribe today, and become a member of our family. Now back to our conversation with John Carney, former NFL kicker, here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Your NFL career spanned 23 years. You probably could never have imagined playing 23 years in the NFL, but it didn't start off uh, as smooth as one would hope. Very, I guess, similar in some ways to your college career and walking on. You go undrafted and then don't catch on in the NFL right away. Tell us about those struggles early on and just trying to make it to the, the the top of this, the professional football world and getting to the NFL? Well, yeah, you're right, Jason. It didn't start off great. Uh, I think like many college graduates, we feel like we're just going to step into the next level of our, our career and, and move forward. And so 
I was no different. I went to Cincinnati Bengals, my first training camp, and uh, was very intimidated by the the professional ranks. Uh, It was a very mature team. Boomer Sison was the starting quarterback. Uh, Sam Weich was the head coach. Uh, They had a very veteran team. Chris Collinsworth was, you know, one of the starting receivers. And uh, it's a very mature team, very, very good team. They uh, ended up going to the Super Bowl two years later and and really could have won it, except that old Notre Dame quarterback, Joe Montana, had something else to say about that. (laughs) Uh, Sure. But but I, uh, you know, I learned quickly that there was much more work for me to do if I was going to be an NFL kicker. I had to act. I love strength conditioning. I, I always felt that was a big part of of my game and the equation, but I needed to get stronger. I needed to put weight on. I needed to get stronger. Uh, I needed to be more consistent. Uh, the, the kicker that was there at the time that continued to kick for, for a number of years with Jim Breach and uh, Jim was just extremely consistent. Uh, the, the balls that he was, he was kicking, you know, they didn't go super high, they didn't go super far, but they always went straight. And so I had to learn that it wasn't about crushing footballs all the time. It was about being extremely consistent, kicking the ball straight, and then being the same kicker every day. You're going to come the next day and, and complain about being tired and, and uh, you know, you're not going to kick well because you're, you're fatigued from the day before. So I had to learn about recovery. How do I, how do I keep my legs fresh during the, the training camp or during preseason? So um, I went through a learning curve. For three years, I had a number of tryouts and workouts, paid close attention to the veteran kickers, what they were doing, asked them a ton of questions, and continued to uh, to work my craft, you know, at home, in gyms and on the field, and and uh, set some new goals for myself. Uh, so when I did get a legitimate shot, which happened to be with the Chargers, that I would be prepared and I would have the right tools in my toolbox you stick and make it work you did for over a decade with the chargers what do you think is the best kick you've ever made that's probably a question you probably get from those from those kids at a camp or something like that but i'm always fascinated by it when you play for 23 years you make a lot of kicks a lot of big kicks but what do you think is is your sort of best kick that you've ever made best kick uh well there there's two that i mentioned um and one was with the Chargers in the year 2000. We were about 0-12. Mm. Uh, we were headed to be the first team to ever go 0-16. Um, now, since then, the Detroit Lions and the Cleveland Browns have taken over that spot. Yes, they but, have. But <laughs> uh, at, at, at the time, we were going to be the first one to go 0-16. And so... Uh, we started getting national attention in the locker room, you know, USA Today and the SPN and Sports Spectrum was probably there. You know, what, <laughs> what, what, the, what did the locker room for the losers look like? So, yeah. uh, so the, the attention and the, the monkey on our back turned into a gorilla because uh, now everybody felt this pressure of going 0-16. Uh, so week 12 or week 13, we're playing the Kansas City Chiefs here in San Diego, and uh, there's a minute left, I guess, and we um, march out there and we kick a 52-yard field goal to go up. And um, there's a few 
know, maybe a minute left on the clock, but they didn't do anything with that minute. So we win our first game, our only game of the season. And the locker room, you would have thought we just won a playoff game, <laughs> cheering and crying and cigar smoking and uh, coaches high-fiving. And no one wanted that 0-16 on their resume. So um, that was a lot of fun, and it was fun to be a part of that. And then the, the other kick was with the New Orleans Saints right after Hurricane Katrina. Uh, obviously, everybody knows that the city was still a, a mess. Uh, there was still a lot of work to be done, just a real tragic situation. Yeah. Um, we play our first regular season game in Carolina against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, at the time, they were chosen to win the division. Uh, Jake DeLome and company, they had a really good team. And we were huge underdogs. And we played a really solid game. Uh, didn't make a lot of mistakes. And on a windy day in Carolina, we kick a 47-yarder at the end of the game uh, to, to win the game. So that was... That was pretty exciting. Uh, the people of Louisiana and the Gulf South really appreciated um, the distraction from all the tragedy that they just had experienced, and it, it lifted a lot of spirits um, during that that week. Uh, so that was a very special special game uh, and a special kick. A couple more minutes here with John Carney, the former NFL kicker on the Sports Spectrum podcast. Steve Weatherford, John, is, a, is a, a guy I got to know a little bit during my time at ESPN, the former NFL punter, certainly won a Super Bowl with the Giants. Uh, I remember talking to him and having a conversation with him about his faith journey, and he mentioned you and how influential you were to his walk as a man, as a football player, obviously, and as a follower of Christ. I wonder for you what that means, not just hearing that, but just what mentorship means and just the idea uh, both from a professional level and even more from a spiritual level, the importance of finding mentors and mentees in your life and in spanning over the 23 years that you played. Well, I don't know, you know, if I ever walk around or did walk around saying, I think I'll be a mentor to somebody, uh, but uh, right. Steve came to the saints in 2006. Uh, I've been there for a while and he uh, was a rookie um, came in with a lot of energy, uh, wide eyes, um, a lot of athleticism. He was a first time I'd ever been on the sideline with a guy during practice. He's fully suited up with his helmet on and he does a backflip right next to me. <laughs> just, just cause he can. And I'm like, what was that? Uh, just an extremely athletic guy. Um, he was a, a decathlete in college as well as a great punter. And, um, so I had a lot of fun with Steve, and I just befriended him. I liked him. Uh, he was our punter. I was a kicker, so we spent a lot of time together. And it wasn't necessarily, hey, Steve, you need to do this or that. It was just Steve observing the way I lived my life. Uh, I'm sure I invited him to uh, the chapels and the Bible studies. Uh, he saw me, you know, at times with a Bible in my hand or a Bible in my locker. Um I'm sure I shared a number of times some scripture uh, or some uh, some philosophies or outlook on how to be a professional, um, how to last in this league, and where faith uh, is a part of that, a big part of that. And um, when he first came to the Saints, uh, he was dating Laura. Uh, who we later married that I think that off season. So we went uh, to their 
their wedding. And so he got to witness uh, me as a husband and a father with my wife, Holly, and our kids. And so I think he he appreciated the way um, I was a, you know, a spouse and a husband to my wife and a father to my kids. And so he, you know, took some notes on that subject as well. And, uh, and he, he's been amazing, you know, wonderful wife and family. Uh, they just had, uh, their fourth daughter. So he has a, a son and four daughters and, um, beautiful family. And he's a go-getter. He still has all the energy he had back from 2006. He's highly motivated, highly energized guy. Um, and he's become a giant in the fitness industry. So weatheredfit.com, Steve Weatherford, you name it, dial it in. You'll see these websites and Twitters and Instagrams that pop up. But he's put together some great fitness programs and been very successful. And for you, just as a person when you were coming up and receiving those mentors, learning from people you even mentioned when you were – you know, younger and you were watching the veterans and how they carry themselves, especially the veteran kickers, you know, you were 22 when you came into the league, 46 when you left. You played in four decades and one of only three players to ever play in the NFL in four different decades. What do you think are the biggest lessons that you've learned? And we'll talk about, we're going to close it with the idea of you mentoring younger players now in your kicking program, but what's what are some, some of the biggest lessons or maybe the biggest lesson that you learned during your career, during your 24-year NFL career? Well, um, there's always work to be done. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you better have faith in your skills and faith that God has a plan for your life. Um, there's going to be tough times. Um, and you should have... Um, your circle of trust. And when, when I say circle of trust, especially during the season, uh, it's the group of people that you listen to. Uh, and during the season, it's very small. Um, starts with your wife or close family members. Uh, your coach, if you and your coach see eye to eye, you'll listen to him. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe a mentor, but outside of that, uh, if you listen to all the chatter and what everybody thinks about your performance and what you should do or shouldn't do, uh, it'll drive you crazy. It'll certainly get you off course, off focus, and um, and, and be uh, a detriment to your performance and, and maybe your career. Uh, I came up with a quote uh, my second year at the Chargers, which was uh, statistically my worst year. Uh, we made some big kicks, some two two game winners that season, but uh, statistically not a good year. And the quote I came up with with was, um, "Courage to fail and perseverance to succeed." Mm-hmm. So, and, and part of that courage is having faith in yourself and faith in God that He has a plan for your life. But courage that I need to go out on that field and give it my best shot, and I know there's a strong possibility things may not go well. I mean, it's easy to have courage to walk out on the field when uh, the task is really easy. But when the task is very difficult, um, you have to have courage to go out there. And when it doesn't go well, you better have some perseverance. You better have some tough skin. You better be able to, you know, handle the criticism and uh, move forward, uh, handle, you know, even the, the possibility of being cut. 
um, or being traded or fired. Uh, you, but you got to persevere through that, have courage to move forward and regather yourself um, and put forth a great effort on your next opportunity. Well, there's a reason why they call it not for long, right, with the NFL, because it's just you just yeah. don't know where you're going to be. The fact that you played with one team for 11 seasons is is remarkable, especially with what the NFL is. But let's talk about – let's finish it up with the idea of mentoring younger players now. That, that advice is wonderful. Um, tell us about the kicking program, the work you're doing now, what life looks like today for John Carney, and maybe if there's a website or any way that any of our listeners can find out more about you. But tell us about that that uh, mentoring and kicking program that you're doing that you've created and the work you're still doing in football today. Uh, thanks, Jason. So I'm out here in California. Carlsbad, California is where my gym is. And I say gym because I, I put together a, a training facility, a workout facility, so kickers and punters could receive skill-specific training for what they do. They're not linebackers. They're not defensive backs. Those are usually the programs the strength coach hands you. It's not skill-specific to what we do. So what I've learned for strength and conditioning over the course of my career, what I continue to learn and add from my friends and and new kickers and punters from around the NFL that uh, come to our facility, we're always adding and, and increasing and improving our strength and conditioning program, but created a gym called Carney Training Facility. So that is a big part of the equation. Uh, we coach high school, college, and pro kickers and punters, uh, soup to nuts from mental game to game time routine, pregame routine, strength and conditioning, equipment, uh, situations, how to handle situations, and I love it. It's what I do. It's my passion. Um, how to win a workout. If you're an NFL free agent, how do I put myself in a position when I go in there to, to, to try out with four other guys? How do I get myself that job? And so there's a lot of tricks to the trade that I learned during the course of my uh, career when you go to a tryout, what to do, what not to do. Um, and uh, again, the kids are anywhere from high school to, you know, young to, uh, I, I got guys who have been in the NFL a long time, like Nick Folk, great kicker, uh, Nick Novak, great kicker, uh, older guys that have been in, in the league that still come out and train and want information, uh, and stories and, and experiences, uh, that I could share that are going to help them in their career. And again, I don't, I don't intend to be a mentor. I'm just sharing with them and um, <clears throat> demonstrating uh, things that made me successful in my life uh, on and off the field. And um, we, we develop great friendships uh, and subjects are open. They're welcome to ask me and we can talk about all kinds of things. And certainly guys have problems in their, their off the field life, but, at times and we talk about that you know engagements or divorces or unplanned pregnancies and whatnot and we we talk through those and we make the uh, together you know we pray and make good decisions and um and move forward so it's, it's it's a lot of fun it's a blessing to be a part of these guys lives and if um if i can have the opportunity to help them reach the success and the level that they want to reach and and live a great life at the same time it's 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 a 
a blessing and a pleasure for me to be a part of that. John, is there a website people can find out more about the, the program? Uh, there is, carneycoaching.com. Okay. Carneycoaching.com. Uh, we have camps, private lessons. Uh, we have something called Lessons of the Week, which were formerly Tips of the Week, but we had so much great information, we changed the name to Lessons of the Week. Uh, you can get two of those per week. Fantastic information. Uh, instructional DVD that's available, which I put together several years ago. A lot of information on that with some great demonstrations and some NFL highlights. So a lot of uh, a lot of stuff available at CarneyCoaching.com. And uh, if you're a kicker or punter, I highly recommend you checking some of that stuff out because I think it's going to be some information that could really benefit your career. CarneyCoaching.com is the website. All right, last question, John. This is always the toughest, but we ask it to all of our guests here on the podcast. In this season of life where you are right now in your mid-50s, teaching early 50s, however you want to refer to it, what are you learning from the Lord right now? What has God been teaching you during this season of life for you? Uh, courage and faith. Courage mm-hmm. and faith. Uh, my daughter just graduated high school. Uh, she's our last, our youngest. So she'll be heading off to St. Mary's of Notre Dame, actually across the street from Notre Dame, the all-girls school. Um, she'll be playing tennis there. And, uh, of course, hanging out with her brother, who's a sophomore at Notre Dame. Uh, our oldest son, Luke, just graduated as well, so he's entering the workforce. Um, so my wife and I are now going into a different chapter of our lives, an empty net chapter. Um, I continue to try to grow my business. Uh, and so, uh, and she's involved in uh, many projects as well. Um, interestingly enough, she's involved in the remaking of the movie Fatima. Hmm. And that's going to go into production in a couple weeks. Uh, you'll see that next year. It's going to be an amazing faith-filled movie. Uh, Our Lady appearing to uh, three shepherd children uh, in the early 1900s and the messages she gave those shepherd children. Uh, so the, the the movie Fatima, look for that next spring. My wife's involved in that company. The company's called Origin, Origin Entertainment. So uh, faith and courage because we're, we're entering these new chapters. Uh, things don't always happen on our timetable. Um, certainly there's, there's always work to be done. And so my wife and I are learning, uh, courage, faith, and patience, patience, uh, for things to move forward and produce. He is John Carney, 23 seasons in the NFL as a kicker and former Notre Dame guy as well. He was the third, he was third on the NFL career scoring list with a career total of 2,044 points. And the last remaining player from the 1980s that was still active in professional football. It's been great to catch up with you and hear your journey, John. Wish you nothing but the best. And thanks for joining us here on the show. Thank you, Jason. And we do thank John Carney, the former NFL kicker, former college kicker at Notre Dame, two-time Pro Bowler, 23 years. That's a long time in the NFL. We thank John for joining us here on the podcast and sharing his story of faith and of sports. To learn more about John's journey, you can go to CarneyCoaching.com, C-A-R-N-E-Y Coaching.com, where he's mentoring and teaching uh, in this wonderful kicking program to athletes, young and old, uh, and just kind of lending his expertise and any kind of advice and mentorship that he can provide. Uh, John's doing a great work with that. Go to CarneyCoaching.com to learn more about John and the great work he's doing as a coach. 
We thank you so much for joining us here. We also thank Compassion International, our sponsor here on the podcast. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. $38 a month, the best $38 you will spend every single month. Listen, our finances are important to us, obviously. We were, we were told to steward our money properly from the Lord. And $38 is a lot of money. But when we look at the $38 and what we're spending it on, we're providing hope for a child. We're sponsoring a child. We're making a connection with a child and releasing them from poverty through Compassion International. My wife and I and my daughter, we sponsor a 13-year-old boy from Haiti. Uh, it's wonderful because we can stay connected to them, to see how he's doing. Uh, we write him letters. He writes us letters back. It's almost like a type of pen pal situation. It's awesome. And so you can be a part of this too. And this is this is a big deal for for someone to to know that they can make a difference in a child's life. And you can do that by going to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum for $38 a month. That's all. The best $38 you'll spend. Release a child from poverty. Sponsor a child at Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. Sponsor a child in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. You can email me directly with any thoughts or comments on the podcast or any guest ideas that you might have, jason at sportspectrum.com. Of course, we'd love for you to share about this podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, telling others about this podcast, letting them know that this podcast exists, sports and faith. Uh, There's a lot of sports fans out there. There's a lot of people of faith out there. And so we try to combine the two and glorify God by bringing you these stories of sports and of faith. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time right here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Have a great rest of your day.